0: You're listening to the Crosscheck NHL Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Hello and welcome to the Crosscheck NHL Show. My name is Mary Clark. You can follow me on Twitter at Mary C. Clark. I'm here with Andrew Berkshire, who you can follow on Twitter at Andrew Berkshire. On this Tuesday edition of the Crosscheck we unfortunately have to dive into a serious topic today, as Jake Vertanen was placed on leave from the Canucks after a sexual assault allegation came to light over the weekend. After we give that topic its due, we'll take a look at which teams in the NHL are top Stanley Cup contenders as our cross-track of the week. Plus, we'll check in with some of the NHL's rookies and how they fared this year. So Andrew, before we start off today's show, how are you doing today? I'm
1: doing great. I just got uh, the first dose of the vaccine.
0: Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Yep. I'm very happy for you. Really happy.
1: Best time I've ever had being an asthmatic.
0: <laughs> well it's it's good to hear and i'm very i'm very glad that you know people more people are getting you know vaccinated and um yeah i it's great to, it's really great to hear because i've been vaccinated for about a month like fully vaccinated for about a month now uh actually basically a month now uh after my two weeks ran out it would have been like april 1st or something so yeah so it's that's really good to hear um as for me had a had a bit of a long weekend lots of lots of sports happened this weekend and with my other job i was you know covering the kentucky derby the nfl draft lots of lots of sports out there so but i found a little bit of time for hockey i don't know about you but yeah yeah
1: i got to watch a little bit i got to watch uh the cole caulfield's first goal which we're going to get to mm-hmm. uh, later in the podcast we're going to talk about uh the top rookies in the league uh this year maybe a little bit of calder speculation uh where we would lean to uh yeah it was it was a pretty decent weekend we got to go outside yesterday which was nice we went to a park that was uh, the entire play structure was shaped like a train so my oldest <laughs> oh, was cool. going nuts he is just so happy so yeah we, we, we at least got to go outside a little bit we're uh taking advantage of it when we can because it's super rainy up here
0: uh yeah it's quite nice here in pennsylvania or i mean it's Pretty, it's pretty hot, or at least it has been. So I had to spend a little bit of time outside, but then it was like it was like eighty degrees. So it was like, okay, this is a bit too hot. So I'm going to go inside for a little bit. But it is, it is good to enjoy that weather now that like spring is here and we're out of April. And hopefully, you know, there's less gray clouds. But unfortunately, today is kind of kind of cloudy and gray. Yeah, we're
1: we're cloudy all week this week, but uh, we'll, mm. we'll get through it. You know, light at the end of the tunnel. We'll we'll yeah. get there.
0: All right. Well, I guess we should. Un- dive into this first topic we've got today because unfortunately we have to deal with something pretty serious um but it's something we need to discuss and you know something that needs to be talked about so um over the weekend the Canucks placed Jake Vertanen on leave um after some sexual assault allegations came to light um I'm going to be reading this from Emily Kaplan via ESPN because she does an incredible job uh breaking down what happened very concise um so according to this article from ESPN a woman who asked to remain anonymous for fear of public backlash, told Glacier Media that she met with Furtanen in September 2017. She said the two of them agreed to meet and that Furtanen picked her up and drove her to a Vancouver hotel where a sexual assault took place. I couldn't believe I said no. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that I said no, and he didn't take that for an answer, the woman told Glacier Media. I felt violated and gross and wanted to leave. The woman said she contacted the police, but there are currently no charges pending. So that's the, that's the story. Um, the Canucks placed him on leave. Um, I don't remember which day over the weekend, but it happened over the weekend. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's that's kind of where we're at right now with the story. I haven't seen anything else on it breaking, but it is uh, kind of the biggest topic in the NHL right now. Yeah. Uh, as it stands, the
1: Canucks released a statement that was, you know, like, I, I I tried to like I hesitate about giving sports teams credit about how they mm-hmm. handle this, because it's just like you met expectations good job (laughs) but it's just like this is the first time that I can recall where an accusation was made and the team immediately reacted with not necessarily punitive measures but like we're going to investigate this this player is on leave Um, a lot of the times it's just ignored or flat out denied or the player goes in front of the media and denies it and the team just washes their hands of it and like okay it's over next so I guess like Good on the Canucks for for taking that yeah. um
0: they didn't handle it like I mean, I don't remember exactly how the Patrick Kane stuff went down back well. in the day, but <laughs> it, yeah, it didn't I don't think it went it went very well, um, so at least good on the Canucks for taking this seriously enough to pull them out and you know not do any more additional damage that's already been done, yeah, uh here, so, but like you said, it's hard to give. Props. I mean, we'll get into it with the NHL's um, dim- like lack of a domestic abuse policy. But yeah. Um, and yeah, I
1: actually but- read a thread about that on Twitter. I think it was from Brock McGillis or he was retweeting mm-hmm. somebody else talking about the NHL being the only league that uh, doesn't have a domestic violence policy. Um, the idea of the hockey is for everyone thing. Mm-hmm. How can you have an organ like a, a an arm of your league called something like that and not have a domestic violence policy like it's 2021 have Mm -hmm. something on the books and like everyone knows why they don't right is because if somebody comes up with an accusation against a player that they don't want to have to take out they can say well nothing's written in the rule book right they have wiggle room Mm -hmm. Bettman is a lawyer right? like there is the same thing with with the Robin Leonard thing that went down earlier and Leonard saying that like uh, he was shown something in writing and everyone was like there's no way Gary Bettman would show something in writing about relaxing mm-hmm. protocols, because as soon as it's in writing, it's mm-hmm. evidence, right? It's uh, it's unfortunate. I, I don't even know where to start with the league, because it's so disappointing, and it seems like every time we get to a situation like this, they either come out with the most tone-deaf statement, mm-hmm. or do nothing at all, and yeah. so like... I guess in that way we have to give like special props to the Canucks for doing something when they weren't legally or I guess organizationally required to. Mm-hmm. But it's it's uh really disappointing following the NHL and continuing to never see the progress on this type of issue. And for everyone, I remember like as soon as it came out every single time, every time something happens like this, it's always you get the guys in the replies Mm -hmm. who are saying, oh, well, there's no presumption of innocence anymore. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Mm -hmm. There's, like, no woman comes out against a public figure to deal with the bull that comes Mm -hmm. in their, like, that happens after this. Mm -hmm. Like, if they're lying, they will hide as fast as possible and withdraw. You know, like, even if they're telling the truth, oftentimes they withdraw because it's just so much, the abuse that they're taking, like... Mm -hmm. The amount of people who are willing to lie about something like this is infinitesimal,
0: mm-hmm. and yeah,
1: the whole presumption of innocence thing. I like Samantha from the broadca- broadcast. Broadcast uh, had a tweet thread about this. She's a lawyer, and mm-hmm. she was talking about like how that presumption of innocence uh, is just twisted, and people don't actually know what that means. It's a legal term. It doesn't have mm-hmm. anything to do with how we should view with people. anything. Yeah, and anything
0: outside of that. Also, yeah. like
1: the idea that there's a presumption of innocence. For some reason, sexual assault cases is like the only thing where that actually holds, where public opinion is like, I'm not saying for some reason, we know why misogyny, but it's like the only cases where that presumption of innocence is like in public opinion, people just assume that the woman is lying or that the man didn't do it. Whereas like if somebody is arrested for murder, the assumption is always that they did it right. Mm -hmm. That's why the conviction rate for for capital crimes is like. 98% 98% or something like that, or 97%. So pretending that that presumption of innocence, which only applies to the court of law, uh, is gone because people believe survivors is so utterly ridiculous. Like, Did you want to read the thread, uh, Mary, or do you want me to go through it? All right,
0: you can go through it. I read it um, I read it off podcast. Um, so I, I do understand uh, what's being said here, but you can read it since you're the one that founded it. Insurance. All right,
1: so I want to give credit to Sam from the broadcast because... Obviously, she's a lawyer. I'm not. But this is what she said. She initially tweeted that the next person to invoke legal standards in a Twitter reply is going to have to confirm to me when they were appointed to the bench and what we and what we are in a matter uh, that has been called before the court. Uh, <laughs> then she went on. Great,
0: great clap. Back. Yeah,
1: she, she uh, then went on in the thread. Everyone's entitled to a presumption of innocence in a court of law. This is a well-established legal tenet which applies within the scope of, drumroll, the legal system. As of today's date, that does not, in fact, include Twitter. For greater, greater clarity, you should also know that the presumption of innocence applies in a court of law in criminal proceedings, not civil proceedings. So because there's no charges pending, as we previously mentioned in, in mm-hmm. the article from Emily Coplin, this doesn't even factor in at all. <laughs> it's not even something you have to think about. She said, as a final yeah. note, virtually no one assumes that an accused is guilty or is going to be found guilty. All of the research shows that that is one of the major barriers to reporting sexual assault. So really, when you say that, you just look like a clown. And yeah. hell, yes, you do. You do. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I I don't really know what much else to add about that because Sam did such a great job. And that's Samantha CP underscore on Twitter. Um, so follow for incredible legal advice and advice, and also they have a very good podcast from what I've heard. Um, but yeah, it it is very disappointing to know that the NHL still doesn't in 2021 have a domestic domestic abuse policy i don't i know that you said that they want to have wiggle room but it is embarrassing at this point with the with what they just they just don't care they just don't care i don't i don't know how to take away anything else other than that they just don't care about you know domestic abuse survivors like and like they don't care about protecting women men too obviously but Women is the big one here, so.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. if you're very, very overly charitable, you can just say that they care about money and mm-hmm. their league more than they do about women and survivors, and uh, you know, obviously, like you said, men who are victims of d- domestic abuse as well. And that's being very charitable. I-, I think if if you take it realistically, based on what's important, <laughs> like you get your priorities straight. Uh, if you care less about that than you do about your own league not having like a minor blip of uh like an interruption or bad pr uh then you don't care like mm-hmm. you just straight up don't care and it's it kind of reminds me of you know once in a while you see uh people talking about you know trying to get their parents to understand uh like social democratic democratic ideas like uh For in the States, for example, like trying to get your parents to understand like voting for Medicare for all is a big deal. Mm. And it's like if they just will not get it or refuse to get it, it's like I don't know how to tell you that you should care about other people.
0: Yes. Yes. What is that? Is that like a Huffington Post? I think that's like a it's a headline from the Huffington Post. I'm pretty sure. Or like one of those one of those sites. But yes, um, that that always crosses my mind. I don't know how like to get you to know that you should care about other people that that always crosses my mind in these situations. Like empathy is so huge. Yeah. Like. I, it took incredible courage for this woman to speak out. And obviously she said that she did it anonymously for fear of public backlash. Um, it, it takes incredible courage to do stuff like that. And I don't know why we shouldn't be, like, we should be protecting these people. And the NHL, with their lack of a domestic abuse policy, isn't doing a very good job in protecting women and men and people that get into these, or unfortunate, situations and it's just disappointing and i'm i feel like we talk about every week how the nhl has disappointed us in one way or another in terms of you know their stuff outside of hockey like they're like the things that the things that really matter i mean hockey's just a game here this is a person's life um and it's been forever changed because of this event so you know i i don't know i don't know what else more there is to say here um obviously i hope you know the Canucks do their internal investigations, and the NHL investigates, and whatever happens, happens. But I hope that the people involved here get closure in some way or another. Yeah, because um, this is a it's a life changing event. And, and
1: yeah, and I would say um, if your first response to a story like this is not feeling for the victim, or mm-hmm. even if you don't know about the veracity of it if your first response isn't empathy or like oh my god i hope this didn't happen yeah you got to re-examine where you're coming at it from mm-hmm. you, you just have to like
0: and jake vertanin doesn't need your support. no he does
1: he's, he's, he's a millionaire he's, he's a
0: millionaire yeah he's a millionaire he doesn't need your support on twitter.com no I, 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 and, but people who are abuse survivors will see that on twitter.com jake vertanin won't jake vertanin won't see your tweets he won't he's not going to be looking on twitter to see your tweets defending him but people that have been abused sexually domestic abuse all that stuff they will see your tweets
1: and by the way there's a lot of people who've suffered those abuses like Mm -hmm. it's not uncommon i mean
0: that's the whole me too movement is about so it's incredibly common and it's very disappointing that we're still having these conversations that we Um, have to keep having these conversations yeah yeah, that we have to keep having these conversations because people just don't get it yeah people just don't get it but I don't know. I think the big takeaway here for me is that the NHL needs, has to, has to have a domestic abuse policy. It, they do. They, we can't continue on like this. It's embarrassing. It's damaging to the league, its players, and the people that are in their lives in one way or another. So whether you're just meeting them on the street or you know them, you've known them like your entire lives, it's, it's damaging to everybody involved here. And I really hope the NHL listens somehow. And amends this.
1: Yeah, drag the NHL kicking and screaming into the twenty first century. It's yeah, it it seems like it, no matter whether it's on the ice or off the ice, they have to be dragged kicking and screaming, which is the saddest
0: yeah. part. Yeah, it is. I don't really have a good transition out of this, honestly, because it's it's not a good topic to talk. No, about. No, it's not an easy thing
1: to f- you know make a fun quip and then move on. Yeah,
0: no. but just so you know, believe women, NHL do better. I think is what the what we're boiling down here 100 percent. so after the break we'll take a look at our cross check of the week which is what stanley cup contenders are we think do we think are legitimate andrew and i are going to go back and forth on a couple teams from each of the divisions and take a look at where they stand and if they're legitimate cup contenders or not with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of cars it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. With rockauto.com, you have access to their auto parts at home, on your computer, and in your pocket on your phone. rockauto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules, brake lamps to taillights, motor oil, and even new carpets. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, the prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On in there. How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally divers- diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax-lost harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. Get your first $5,000 managed for free, for life. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. So, Andrew, we've got what a few weeks left in the NHL season I think yeah no I long. mean I think that the north yeah the north division goes a little bit longer we've got basically two weeks left which is well have to think about it almost feels like we started yesterday and then it feels like we started like a year ago at this point <laughs> so yeah it's, it's got... almost
1: like parenthood it's like long <laughs> days and short years
0: you know I feel like that's a unique experience that only you can provide here but I do appreciate <laughs> the analogy nonetheless here because at I can understand where you're coming from with that but we've got a bunch of different teams that we're going to talk about today because we're going to figure out if they're true contenders or not so I guess we're going to go down the list for each division and just talk about like the top contenders and why we think that that way their strengths and weaknesses as a team how we think they'll do this postseason obviously we're going to do more postseason content as we get closer um we'll we'll probably do some predictions too which will most likely be wrong on my end cuz I'm not very good at them but I love making them anyway cuz it's fun content but i guess we'll start up in the north andrew cuz you're pretty pretty familiar with that
1: yeah i mean so we've got it's like it's pretty obvious who who's the contender out of the north division right
0: yeah i mean i don't think there's any questioning that the toronto maple leafs right now the only team in the north division to have secured a playoff spot are the top contenders i mean they've got they played 51 games 71 points like I said, made the playoffs already. I know that they've a, hit a bit of a cold streak, a little bit recently, but they've won their last five games, so it seems as if they're shaking that off. I know Steve Dangle was not a big fan of their cold streak uh, the last couple weeks, but seems as if the team has rebounded. So, what are we thinking about the Maple Leafs? I,
1: I mean, Dangle—it's it, always funny to watch because <clears throat> year—it's like years of let's—I don't want to trivialize it, but years of like uh, abuse, right? just based on, like, the uh, the results from the Maple Leafs, and they just never quite fully believe, right? Like, they the Leafs fandom has had, like, this swagger of, like, oh, yeah, we're the best, we're the best all season mm-hmm. long, but as soon as something goes, like, minorly wrong, they're like, oh, here come the Leafs again, and it's just off the deep end, everything's rotten, this team sucks, no one cares, and it, it's really funny to see, like, their little cold streak that they had was almost entirely that their goaltenders were terrible. Right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Jack Campbell regressed a little bit after being dynamite for his first 11 starts. Uh, David Riddick is just not great. So mm-hmm. He got lit up <laughs> a bunch. So it's like the Leafs
0: th- and injuries to Freddie Anderson. They don't have him at the moment. Yeah.
1: Anderson's been out for a long time now. And it's kind of questionable. And a lot of people are kind of looking at the Anderson situation and wondering how much of that is just playing with the cap. Knowing, that I mean, everybody. A it's spot.
0: everybody. Everybody does yes. it. I mean, if they're if you're going to talk about like the Tampa Bay Lightning and their cap nonsense, it's just a loophole that they exploit. Yeah, nothing, nothing like nothing too crazy, but it is what it is. And the Maple Leafs aren't gonna weren't going to sink, regardless of their goaltending, at like out of a playoff spot at that point. Yeah, so. it, they're
1: they're fine. And the thing is, this year it, is like the first year of this like uh, Leafs. T- uh, core being together that they're actually like solid defensively on top of being, Mm -hmm. you know, an offensive juggernaut. Um, They're also like their underlying numbers are better than they've ever been. Uh, I think last time I checked, they were like top five in the league in like all situations, uh, goals, uh, expected goals, differential. So it's like, they're, they're legit. And there's a lot of uncertainty, uh between the divisions, right? We don't actually know who's strong and who's weak uh, just because yeah. it's only been interdivision play or intra-division play. But as far as making it to the conference final, this is the clearest path that they've had. Yeah. I think it's very unlikely I mean, that any of the North Division teams take out the Leafs.
0: Yeah. I mean, and this is the strongest they've looked in years. I yeah. mean, like you said, their defense has been the best we've seen in the the modern era, at least of Maple Leafs teams. Um, so that, they have that going for them. I think the biggest question for me is their goaltending. If Anderson does come back in the playoffs and is he good? Is he bad? I think that's, that might be the biggest factor in their success long-term, but I think you're right in that. I don't think they're going to have a problem with any of the teams. They're likely going to face, um, probably either, it's either going to be Montreal or Winnipeg looking at the standings. Montreal is at least currently in the fourth spot, so at least I'll put them there, um, to stay in the fourth spot if the season ended today, mm-hmm. but I don't think that they'd have a problem much with Montreal. Winnipeg is interesting because I think Connor Hellebuck could maybe steal some games and make it and make you know Maple Leafs fans a little bit nervous. But you could run into that possibility with any goaltender. Yeah, any
1: goalie can get hot. It's just that Connor mm-hmm. Hellebuck is probably a little bit more is, likely. Yeah,
0: he's yeah, and he's really good. Yeah. Um, and he's been a you know Vesna candidate and. He's an incredible goaltender and a major reason why the Winnipeg Jets are where they are. Um, so I'd at least be on the lookout for that if you're Toronto. But I I think that they're more than likely going to come out of the North Division when all is said and done. Uh, when the divisional playoffs are at its end. I don't see... Unless, again, something catastrophic happens. But you never know with the Maple Leafs. That always seems to be their MO. But I, I'm i in agreement here with you that Toronto is the strongest team and likely to come out of the north division
1: yeah toronto's actually second behind colorado in expected goals according to natural stat trick so oh wow yeah that's at five on five so they're they actually have strong special teams as well they're at 55 uh at even strength they're also second in the league overall at 56.6 percent. so they're they're a hell of a team they're, they're gonna be a very tough out and you know we we talk about like the underlying numbers and all that, but they're also a more versatile team now. They've got some some toughness in there. I think their defensive structure is much improved. Their their uh, the people they have on defense, their core there is much improved. I like Brody, uh, Rasmus Sandin is finally in the lineup. I think that's a big game changer for them. I, I I'm excited to see what they can do.
0: Yeah, and I mean you've got the team helmed by Austin Matthews and Tavares and. Marner and all them and they're an incredibly explosive offensive team it's going to be very difficult for somebody to shut them down but on the flip side on defense they might shut you down which is surprising when you think of the Maple Leafs you don't think of them as a strong defensive team especially the last couple of years has usually been offense go 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 defense maybe not so much yep. uh so I really think that they're gonna have a chance to make it out and be one of the top four teams when all is said and done at the end of the divisional playoffs yeah. Moving on, unless we have, unless you have anything nope. else you want to talk about. All Let's right, go. moving on to the East. We've got—I wanted to say a murderer's row of teams, but that's just like based on their, you know, prestige and lineage of, you know, you've got your Pittsburghs, your Washingtons, your Islanders, which I know may not seem like a murderer's row to people, but to me, who have you know watched all these teams in the East beat up on the Flyers all year, <laughs> kind of feels like it. But at least the top four in the East right now, as things stand, Pittsburgh, Washington. Islanders and Boston, it's basically all but ashore. The Rangers are kind of there at five, but I don't think, I don't see it happening. Yeah. And especially because the Rangers have played two more games than Boston. So it really is just a matter of time for them. But we've got some big names at the top of this list. Um, Pittsburgh is the big one at the top. I mean, we talked last week about if they were um, as good as they seem and we basically came to the conclusion that it's very possible that they could you know regress a little bit um but it is hard to count out a team of sydney crosby and evgeny malkin when he returns and you know i'd i'm always scared about them at the top of the east they always seem to rise to the occasion but also the washington capitals are right there behind them just two points behind them with one game in hand
1: yeah i'm, I'm kind of of two minds with this because i've all season been Looking at the islanders as the big time competitors here, but mm-hmm. they've fallen off significantly in the last several weeks,
0: yeah. so
1: they're they're kind which of... is
0: surprising because we thought that their trade deadline yeah. acquisitions were actually going to help them, and it's and it hasn't been the case so far, which has surprised me, yeah,
1: I mean it might be one of those times where it's just like it kind of comes together right before the playoffs, but mm-hmm. they're run out of racetrack here, and I think whenever you're a team that's really struggled not just in terms of wins and losses but your play on the ice falls off heading into the playoffs, it's not a good situation. If there's a, mm-hmm. like a a long break, like even a week between the playoffs and the end of the season, might be a little bit of a different story, but I don't think we're going to get a long time between the end of the season, and the beginning of the playoffs because of the delays, delays from games canceled due to COVID, right? Mm-hmm. So I look at the Islanders who were my team that I was going to pick as competitors and I don't see them in like the top group anymore. And I think that, this These four teams are going to beat each other up. Yeah. And I don't have any idea who's going to be the one that comes out of it, but I think whoever comes out of it is going to go out.
0: Yeah. I, so I, I don't
1: see any of them as a contender.
0: Really? Interesting. I mean, it's intriguing to look at the possible matchups that could happen here. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Pittsburgh is at the top with 71 points and has played 52 games, so they have four games left. Washington is below them, 69 points, 51 games played, so they have five games left. Islanders, 67 points, 51 games, five games left. Um, Boston, 66 points, 50 games, six games left. There is a bunch of shuffling that could happen here. Pittsburgh could suddenly go cold. Pittsburgh could suddenly go cold and drop to four. Like, I don't think that's going to happen, but it is possible considering the Bruins have six games left and the Penguins only have four. Obviously, that's a very, you know, dramatic situation and likely won't happen. But it is very possible that we could see a bunch of shifting in the, next couple weeks. I mean, the Penguins, the Capitals, and the Islanders all have made the playoffs. That fourth spot is still in play, but it is still like anything, like any of those matchups can happen. And I, you're right in that they're going to beat each other up. This is a very like, all the teams seem to be on a very similar level. They don't have like, there's not like one major standout. I mean, I know we talked about Pittsburgh last week as, you know, having an incredible year, especially towards the end. Um, so maybe you could say that they're the standout, but you've got teams like Washington who, you know, high powered offense, Alex Ovechkin doing Alex Ovechkin things. And then you've got the Islanders seem to be built for playoff runs with their defensive style and they're not going to score, like shoot the lights out every night, but their system is incredibly sound, but they are on a bit of a cold streak right now. Boston, I'm not really so sure about, I mean, I guess that they're kind of out of the four, the weakest team for me. Red hot lately. Yeah, that's true. and I mean, that is that is all you kind of need to get into the playoffs. So they're possibly one to look at, too, especially because they have the most games left in hand. But you make a good point in that they're probably not going to be – whoever emerges from that will likely not make it very far because they're probably going to be so beat up. I, like – I the, these teams are all so close to each other in terms of, like, how they've been playing. And, like, I don't know. It's – we always seem to get like, you know, the East Division and their rivalries and it's it's going to be in really fun playoffs. Like these are gonna be really fun playoffs to watch. It's just they're gonna beat each other up so much.
1: Yeah, and I think if there's one thing that I want out of here, because there's and no disrespect to the other two teams, except for Boston, but <laughs> uh the the one thing that I want out of this playoffs for this division is I want Penguins Capitals. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen yep. it since twenty eighteen. You know, OV and Crosby and Malkin are all getting up there you know uh I want to make sure that we get this at least one last time
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: before the players start to you know fall into pretty steep decline I yeah. I need it I mean
0: it. it would be great to see in the second round I, would, I mean the first round so is great. still is still possible considering the way that the teams are structured um but still like I yeah I you're right in that Pittsburgh Washington is the matchup we I want to see most because the history there I mean when they beat them when the Capitals beat them last they were able to go to the Stanley Cup final and win for the first time so you know you've got that you've got Ovi versus Crosby you've got you know two franchises that have their cups but still looking for more you know it's it's really fun stuff and I'm very excited but I don't know if I can pick a clear winner I guess out of here no, I I, don't I so wouldn't yet. be surprised. I don't think I'd be surprised to see Pittsburgh or Washington at the end. The Islanders maybe a little bit, but considering that they're a team very much built for the playoffs, I could very well see them turning it on in the playoffs and crushing the life out of every other team um, as they have done and as we have seen them do in the playoffs. Boston, I, they're the team I I would see the least coming out of there, but you never know with them. I mean, they've I mean they just got Taylor Hall at the trade deadline. He could turn it up. And yeah, but I think in terms of like who I see coming out of that division, that's probably where I'd classify those teams. I don't know if you feel the same way, though.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I think you kind of run it down there. It makes the most sense. I think like Pittsburgh and Washington are kind of in the same spot. They're almost like legacy teams right now. Um, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So you just expect them to do well and maybe your expectations are better than or higher than what they actually will perform. The Islanders are just a tough out. Um, I could see them easily, not easily beating them, but like. I could easily see it happening where Mm -hmm. they end up at the end. Boston is probably least likely, but again, they have such a long history of strong play. It just needs to snap back into into form, right? And it seems like they have over the last uh, month or so. So all the teams are pretty scary for each other. I just don't see any being that scary Scary. for the top contenders for each of the other divisions.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess from there we'll shift out west um, to the west division, like I said. Uh, So we've got, at the top, Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, and St. Louis is in that last playoff spot, but Vegas, Colorado, and Minnesota have all locked up playoff positions. Um, That last spot, again, is still in play between St. Louis and Arizona, but at this point, it feels almost like St. Louis is to lose, because they've played 49 games to the Arizona Coyotes 52, Um, so... And they're three points up on them. So they've got games in hand and points in hand. Um, So it seems much like the East Division seems like only a matter of time before that spot gets locked up by the Blues. Um, But it's mostly a two-horse race. I don't know. I don't want to discount... minnesota here but we know who we're talking about in the west if we're talking about the top teams and it is vegas and colorado
1: yeah i will discount minnesota <laughs> no no offense <laughs> i'm
0: sorry minnesota <laughs> i'm so sorry i love you but no offense we're gonna to, the,
1: to the minnesota fans especially the evolving wild twins who i love and mm-hmm. cherish all the data that they provide me with to do my job but uh yeah uh colorado and vegas are arguably the two strongest teams in the league to me um they are so incredibly power like at every position they have depth they're crazy i think this is the hardest choice to make um over who i think is like the top contender in the division yeah. and as much as vegas is incredible i just think i lean a little bit towards colorado i think they have a bit more depth uh their defensive depth is i think a little bit stronger at both ends of the ice i mean this it's really I, I, tough i guess it might come down to goaltending you know i think vegas has it there But
0: it's going to be much like the Penguins Capitals in the East. This is the one I want Mm -hmm. so badly to see. Were we robbed of this last year? Yes. Dallas. Yes. All right. That's right. Yes. Dallas robbed us of this last year. And boy, oh boy, I need to see this. I really do. And I hope it is the second round, like, you know, a second round matchup as long as, you know, one of the other teams doesn't steal it away from us again. But this is the one I want to see. This is this is the. I want to say, you know, the prince that was promised from Game of Thrones. I don't want to throw. <laughs> but this is the this is the series we're promised. And we missed it last year. And I really, really want to see it this year because both teams are incredibly offensively minded, have so many good superstars. They're electric to watch. They're just fun. They're fun hockey teams. And it's a shame I haven't been able to watch a lot of them this year um, because I've been out west and. It's been hard to watch other teams outside of your divisions like we've talked about, but they're just so fun to watch. And they would make an incredible series, and I really hope it happens. And like you said, I don't know who out of them in a seven-game series, you could probably roll that 100 times and get maybe 50-50. I don't do those types of numbers. I know other people in the stats community do. Um, so they probably have better you know, predictions and models on that type of stuff. But to me, this it could be a toss-up. For me. I lean uh Colorado too because I think at the beginning of the season I predicted them to be Stanley Cup, like the Stanley Cup champion. So I don't wanna I guess go back on my prediction because I know they started off a little bit slow, but they've been rolling, um, these last few months and especially recently they're seven and three in their last ten. Obviously Vegas too is nine and one in their last ten, but I don't know. I I want it to be Colorado because I think that they've been chomping at the bit for some time and it feels like that they're finally ready to take that next step. But Vegas, you never know. They've all they've always been there since their inception to make that step. And they made the Stanley Cup finals and nearly won it in their first season. So that would also be an incredible story too. But it is it it is definitely those two teams at the top for me and I want to see that series so bad. I really hope that Minnesota or St. Louis or maybe Arizona doesn't ruin it for us. And I don't think they could. I I know Dallas last year got very hot at the right time. And, you know, Colorado lost um, players a bunch due to injury. So I hope that doesn't happen this year. And I hope the two teams stay healthy because we deserve that matchup this year.
1: Yeah, we do. I'm I'm really hoping for it. I think that it'll be an electric series if it happens. And I I expect it to. I I Mm -hmm. think that this, the plus side of the divisional layout is that uh for the most part we shouldn't be too surprised in the first two rounds i say, I say that it is a plus side in terms of like if you're betting you know it it kind of robs a little bit of the excitement away i mean hockey's always unpredictable so there's still going to be that but uh i'm really excited for the possibility of vegas colorado i just think it's going to be crazy i i I expect Colorado to be the top team, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if Vegas wins. And you kind of want both teams to be rewarded, right? Because yeah, Colorado has done such a great job. Like Joe Sakic, Remember a couple years ago when everyone thought Joe Sackick was a dummy? Yeah. The, the Avalanche looked like they were in free fall. And yeah. all of a sudden he's the best GM in the league. And then Vegas is so aggressive. Like what team comes in and in their first couple years as a team trades for the best forward from two different teams in, uh, Montreal and Ottawa, you know, gives up a bunch of future, and both of them end up fantastic on the same line. Yeah. <laughs> you know like Stone sets a very high bar. It, it sets
0: a very high bar for Seattle when they join the league. It really does.
1: You know, Seattle. Oh boy, they better be aggressive. We want to see it. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that that division is not settled at the top, but uh, the top two teams are settled.
0: Yeah, basically. And it is a shame, though, that with the way that the playoff format is situated this year, that they won't be the conference final matchup like we all were hoping. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be the round before if it if it happens. So it is, it is disappointing to see because, you know, that is – those feel like the two biggest teams in, I guess, the western half of the league. I don't know how it's going to be situated this year in terms of are they going to put, like, what, the west and the central – are they going to like the winner from the West and the winner from the central plays each other? Is that how the format's going to go? And then what the East and the North play each other. I actually have I, no idea. I, I haven't looked into the, it because I'm, I'm hoping, I know this is a bit scramble. off topic, I, I know this is a bit off topic, but I do wonder what they're going to do with, like, you know, like the Prince of Wales trophy and, like, the, the trophies that they award to the winner that comes out of each, like, uh, conference. What are they going to do this year? There's no conferences. I don't I don't know if that's... I, I just keep thinking about it. I was like, what are they going to do with their trophies? How are we going to know if there's a jinx or not, if they touch it? So, <laughs> I, mean, I know that's a bit off knows? topic, but... It's a good question. But I It is interesting. I don't know if we have an answer for that, the way that they're structured. But it is, like I said, disappointing that if we get the hypothetical Vegas-Colorado matchup we all want, it won't be for, you know, the right to go to the Stanley Cup immediately. It'll be, you know, the next step, and you have to face whomever it is from those other three divisions. But I don't know if we have anything else to say about the West.
1: No, no, let's go on to the Central.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, Central is the last team, like the last division we've got. And at the top, we've got Carolina Hurricanes. Not surprising in terms of, like, them being at the top but it is a bit interesting that they've you know been able to hold themselves over over Tampa Bay throughout the entire year but then you've got under them Tampa Bay then Florida and then the last spot like I said still up for grabs between Nashville Dallas not Chicago I don't think yeah at this I point. think
1: Florida is certainly capable of throwing a wrench in there and mm-hmm. unseating one of those top two teams before we get to see if Carolina, you had Tampa to Bay.
0: if you had to guess between like, like, I don't know where they're going to end up in terms of like the, um, that you're not going to see, you're not going to see floor. I was going to say, would you see them unseating Carolina or Tampa Bay, but they're not going to see like, well, the, whoever is first will miss Florida completely, yeah. but whoever is second will have to face Florida. Who will you see between them? Like, do you see t- uh, Florida tripping up Tampa Bay or Carolina? Which one like, I guess? More especially. The, yeah.
1: Um. And this kind of rolls into like who I think is the biggest competitor, and I hate it because I, every year I'm like, Carolina, this is their year. <laughs> this is your, your year. But I look at Carolina and how great they've been this year and how great mm-hmm. they are every year, and Tampa Bay is right there with them mm-hmm. without Kucherov. Yeah oh
0: you boy. Know? And that, is the, that is the big X factor here, yeah. isn't it? And, you know,
1: maybe he'll be rusty to start, but he's still Nikita Kucherov, man. Yeah. And you look at the people they brought in this year, Everyone seems to fit in Tampa Bay. You know, they like, they just
0: are wizards
1: at yeah. it. Yeah, and Carolina's done a good job with that too. But uh, I I just the main thing that I look at with Carolina and Tampa Bay, and like Carolina, the last couple of years in the playoffs, the issue has been more than not goaltending.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they've got this young kid who we can talk about more expansively in the rookie section. In Alex, oh my god, am I going to be able to say this, Alex? No, Djokovic. That sounds right. Or is that, I hope I pronounced that right. It's, it's a tough name to spell and pronounce, but, (laughs) uh, and I haven't had to say it very often this year, but he's, you know, crushing it right now. But do I trust a rookie goaltender in the playoffs versus Mm -hmm. Andre Vasilevsky? And I, I look at Vasilevsky versus the rookie and I look at Kucherov coming back and the underlying numbers for Carolina and Tampa Bay being very similar and I think it's gonna be a very tough series if it happens, but I think Tampa Bay has the edge. And hmm. I hate that because I have friends who work for Carolina. You know, apologies to Eric Tulski, mm-hmm. who obviously you know as well as he's a a Philly guy. Yeah, but... Philly,
0: a former Broad Street Hockey guy too. Yes, so and
1: that's where he—that's where I discovered him was Broad Street Hockey. Mm-hmm. Being Broad Street Hockey. So I, I want Carolina to win. They're—they're they're like my team in the Eastern Conference now. If I have a team, but just because I root for him. But I, I just don't. I don't see it being as likely as I want it to be. I, I think Tampa Bay is just so strong, and you have that excellent goaltending to lean on. And I just think getting Kucherov back is going to be crazy.
0: Yeah, I I really think that between those three teams, Carolina, well, Carolina and Tampa Bay specifically at the top. But you're right in that Florida could be a dark horse. Uh, we could be overlooking them as a team that could surprise one of those teams. I know Tampa Bay was that team a couple years ago when the Blue Jackets swept them out of the playoffs. So I don't know if Tampa Bay. Like, they're probably going to be ready. They're, they're Their mentality is different now. They've won their Stanley Cup, but they're, you know, they know that, that that can happen to them. So I don't know if I necessarily see it happening to Tampa Bay. No. But I could no, be I surprised. But, I mean, I want to believe in Carolina. I really do. It's always the savvy, like, the you know, the smart, savvy pick to pick Carolina in the playoffs. And I might end up doing it just because I've been really impressed with them this season, and they've really just – They've been an analytics darling for so long. Mm-hmm. I want them to succeed to prove that right, because you know you're gonna eventually get it once. I hope, um, and I really want because they're such a fun team too. I mean, they had the Storm Surge and you know all that back when there were fans, and they're they're such a fun team. And it would be nice to see somebody rival Tampa Bay, but it is hard to pick against you know the reigning Stanley Cup champions, especially because they Kucherov is st- wait there waning in the wings. Did he could be a bit rusty, but he does add something to that lineup and he, he'll he fit right in. And if they've already succeeded this much without Kucherov, the sky could be the limit for Tampa Bay in the playoffs.
1: Well, and I think people forget that Tampa Bay won the Stanley Cup last year without Steven Stamkos.
0: Minus that one game.
1: Yeah, he had one game and he scored on uh, one shift, on one basically. shift. Yeah. Yeah. which is one of the most incredible stories ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's also out right now. And Tampa Bay is still seven two and one in their last ten. He's been out since the beginning of April, so like Stamkos is probably going to come back at the beginning of the playoffs. Kucherov's yeah. going to come back at the beginning of the playoffs. Good luck.
0: Good, yeah. Good. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. But Florida. The one thing Florida. I will say yeah. is
1: that there's incredible value to between Tampa Bay and Carolina, whoever takes the number one spot, because mm-hmm. while Florida can trip a team up. I don't have that same Oh belief Yeah, yeah whoever is in
0: whomever is in first and there's it's still open for it's still open season for first. I mean, Carolina's got seventy five points, fifty one games played, Tampa Bay seventy three with fifty two, Florida seventy three with fifty three. So it's a little less likely that the Panthers will be able to um jump all the way up to first and I don't see that happening. But there is jockeying that can be done in this division, and whoever is first will play most likely Nashville, maybe Dallas, depending on if they get hot and that's just that's going to be probably the easiest first round matchup I think of the playoffs. I don't know who else like easiest I mean to we predict, talked. Yeah. yeah, the easiest to predict. I mean, maybe the West too. Um Yeah, Vegas but, or
1: Colorado versus St. Louis. I think St. Louis is going Yeah, down.
0: but it it really doesn't look good for that for that fourth team. No. They're just in such an unlucky top heavy division with such incredible teams. Yeah, powerhouse teams that especially like the reigning stanley cup champions. So, yeah, I I feel for whomever gets that final spot cuz it'll be like, here's a couple games. See you later. Take your take your playoff revenue and go home. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of how I kind of see it. Um I don't know if you have anything else to add in terms of you know the central but I think this is I think this is good. I think we broke down the top teams, and I'm really excited for the playoffs now. I don't know about Same. you. Know.
1: I'm, I'm, like, just looking at the matchups now, having gone over it, and, because you kind of get lost in the grind of the season sometimes, especially when you're covering it. Yeah. Uh, when it's you perfect. actually get a chance to sit down and, like, talking with you, Mary, about the playoff matchups and what we could see, all of a sudden, it's like there's a tingle at the back of your spine. You know, and you're like, oh my god, it's almost time for the first round, which is, like, it's playoff like Christmas is... in the spring, yeah. and it, it's, like, Every second of the day, there's a game on. There's four games a day. It's every the best game, when
0: it's best oh. in the first round when there are games on all day. It's, it's unfortunate the, it's so that, awesome. you know, that when you get to the later rounds, there's only like a couple games. Yeah, or it kind you of even, falls you know, down. One. It falls down. But the excitement of the first round of the playoffs is always so fun. It is. We always get such such great content from it, such great hockey from it. It's I'm very excited. And there's just so. such
1: a switch that turns from the intensity yeah. from the regular season to the playoffs. It's the best time of the year. And I, I can't is. wait I mean, to get there. We're, I looked it up. We're actually just over a week away, May
0: 11th. Wow, that's right. That's right. Forgot because the North Division goes a little bit longer than that. Yeah. But, man, it's going to be fun. And after the break, we're going to talk about rookies. Who's leading the Calder race? We've talked a little bit about some rookies in this uh, past segment, but we'll do a bit of a deeper dive into some rookies after the break. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on coming up on thursday the crosscheck nhl show we've got part two of our interview with jay bearer actor director hockey fan fun dude great interview subject it was a lot of fun when we had him on the on the podcast and i'm looking forward to you guys hearing the rest of the interview because he talks some hockey and he has some really really neat opinions about the state of the league and where things could go from here and you know the montreal canadians and all that so i'm really looking forward to you guys hearing that because it was a fun time, I think, Andrew, we had with him.
1: Yeah, we had, we had a lot of fun. Uh, the language gets colorful when J-Star's talking about the league because he's passionate about it. Oh, and yeah. He's got some bold takes that I think we, we shared our bold takes with as well. It's It's a really, really interesting second part of the interview, and I think everybody is going to enjoy it.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. But speaking of, you know, enjoying things and, you know, all that stuff we've got some really fun rookies this year that I've been enjoying watching and having a lot of fun with I want to start it off with Cole Caulfield because he scored a his first goal over the weekend in dramatic fashion and overtime to win it for the Montreal Canadiens. um he's only played I think four games has that one goal but it was really fun to see that I mean i I've been hearing a lot about, you know, the small goal boy, as he's been called. <laughs> I, love uh, that I, mean, I love the nickname. The teammates um, are
1: calling him Bilbo, hey?
0: I did see that, too. But I, I personally like small goal boy, but yeah. that's also fair, too. But he's such an electric player, and he, I think he'll provide a spark for Montreal. I don't know how well they're going to do in the postseason, but it is nice to see, you know, him get that moment in such a dramatic moment.
1: Yeah, it was it was really awesome. And, like, I I went through the the actual goal, and you can see... When he real like as soon as he ma- sees the mistake that the auto defense made, and uh, both him and Jeff Petrie who sent him the pass, uh, recognize it immediately. And Caulfield just does this burst of speed, and then he slows down to stick with the play so he doesn't stand out too much. And he gets mm. right open, opens his stance so he can accept the puck. And it's just it was over as soon as he saw the mistake. It was over, and he just looked like a Cobra or something going in for the strike. <laughs> yeah. And it was just this quick decision making. And I, I find the more I look at guys like this, like uh Caulfield, like uh, Trevor Zegras, I think it's Trevor, right? I
0: think so.
1: Yeah. Uh, Lock it up. i up. I'm starting to get a little bit worried about USA hockey. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not <laughs> going to lie. There's some, there's some superstars coming through there. And I don't know if Caulfield's going to be a superstar per se, but he has goal scoring instincts that are mm-hmm. very, very evident. And his first few games where he didn't score uh, people were kind of getting a little bit, uh, not nervous, but like annoyed that he wasn't uh, putting the puck in the net yet. Just to like, they wanted to see him do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Just because he was immediately in the American Hockey League, he scored. You know, like it, yeah. it was just didn't take long. Took a bit longer in the NHL. But he was to also be like, a, like, six like Austin a game.
0: Matthews. He wanted to be like an Austin yes. Matthews, like score however many goals in the yeah, first game. Yeah, four goals in your
1: first game. I mean, Ryan yeah. Paling did that for the Canadians, and he's not a goal scorer. It was just, <laughs> you know, it just happens. Mm-hmm. But uh, the numbers. For while he was on the ice, have been absolutely astonishing. Like he's Mm -hmm. controlling the game in the same way that Brendan Gallagher does, or like Max Pacioretty to stick with the Montreal Canadiens. So if he has that kind of shot impact and he's going to be a top end goal scorer, that's a really nice pickup for the Montreal Canadiens.
0: It is, yeah. Speaking of more goalie or more rookies, I guess the the front runner for most people is Kuro Kaprizov, who has forty three points in fifty games. He's probably everybody's front runner, if I had to guess, uh, based on what he's done for the Minnesota Wild. And uh, why I've enjoyed watching the Wild this year, because he just provides such a really interesting facet to that team that I don't really think of when I think of the Minnesota Wild. I don't know about you, Andrew, but I don't really think of them as like... Exciting. (laughs) I don't want to say that, but at least they they haven't been recently, but he adds something to that team that injection of youth and goal scoring and playmaking ability that it's just been fun to watch. And I, I think that he's probably going to run away with the Calder uh, just because he's been so flashy this year, but I think he deserves it in my opinion, because he's just done so well, but
1: yeah, I think it's, it's between him and Jason Robertson, right? They're the yeah. ones who put up the offense. And I think that offense usually wins Calder trophies. Uh, mm-hmm. Just, In in your opinion, uh, I just want to go back and forth quick here. Between Robertson and Kaprizov, Kaprizov obviously has the goal-scoring advantage. Uh, I think he has like seven or eight more goals. But their point production has been about the same. I think Robertson's Mm -hmm. actually slightly ahead on like a per-game basis or per-minute basis. But do you put any weight in the fact that Kaprizov is 24 years old and Robertson is 21? Or do you just say rookie's a rookie?
0: I mean, we had this discussion. What when Panarin was the yeah?
1: When Panarin but that was the but rookie he wasn't.
0: Or... But he wasn't. It wasn't just that he was older. Panarin had what played in the KHL too. Yeah, right? and so Ka- I so is Kaprizov. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'd, I I want to give it to Kaprizov because he's just been so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think back in the day when you know Panarin was the like the the um like a nominee and he won so over what who did he win over that was so Connor long McDavid. ago yeah I was gonna say he won over Connor McDavid that feels more like an affront and a slight yes um than Kirill Kaprizov winning over Jason Robertson yeah, not right, to yeah, take yeah. away anything from Robertson here at all I think the situations while similar are a little different in that Panarin had a great year but Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid dude. Yeah. like and Mc... going in hindsight that award was bad <laughs> yes. in my opinion again not to take anything away from uh Panarin and what he's done but Dude, Connor McDavid. We haven't talked about him, but he was like what, on a 100 point pace. I don't know if he still is, but dude's incredible. And in hindsight that award looks bad. But I don't think in hindsight for this award it's going to look bad if Caprizov wins because he's just on so well and Jason Robertson isn't Connor McDavid, but he is having a great year. And so I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Caprizov wins it also because I don't I don't know if this is necessarily how people should award things, but we've set the precedent before with, you know, the Minnesota wild are going to make the playoffs and the stars might not. So I don't know if that will contribute in the, um, the people who vote on these awards factor in that, but it's very possible that it would.
1: Yeah. I think that mostly factors into the heart. Right. And I've I've kind of been on the side of if you make the playoffs, you have a better chance at the heart. And I, I know a lot of people get angry at me, but like, if you read what the heart is supposed to be, it's most valuable to their team. Right. Mm -hmm. And not to say that if you miss the playoffs, there's no value in your play at all. But if you're bringing value to your team and you helped your team make the playoffs, to me, it's more valuable if all things are similar. Right. So like, do you remember the year that Taylor Hall won the heart? And like, this is kind of like a conversation for another time. (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're going to have to get to. Like, it'd be great in the offices and talk about this. like The mental gymnastics that we've done, not necessarily you and I, because I don't think either of us vote on it, but oh, no. <laughs> as as hockey media and fans, to keep Connor McDavid from getting awards <laughs> throughout his career is insane. Because mm-hmm. like, you look at all the years that he probably should have won the heart, and he just hasn't. And this year, I think it's not going to happen. He's going to win it, hands down. But the year that Taylor Hall won it, my vote would have gone to Nathan McKinnon because... His and McDavid's overall performance was very similar, but McKinnon had his team in the playoffs and McDavid didn't. It's not McDavid's mm-hmm. fault. It's just that who brought more value to their team. Well, McDavid got them extra games, and or not McDavid. Uh, McKinnon got, them, McKinnon extra got games. them extra games. So McDavid wasn't able to do that because his team is terrible and his management is terrible. It's not a slight against him, but he gets to win the Lester B Pearson, right? Or not? It's not Lester B Pearson anymore. It's Ted Lindsay. Mm -hmm. so like there's different awards for best and most value that's always been my argument for the heart but I think in terms of like a a who's the best rookie it should just be who's the best
0: yeah no that makes sense I mean we talked a little bit about Kaprizov but I guess we'll get into Jason Robertson who won the NHL rookie of the month for April after netting 18 points in the month uh which is very good yeah Dude's dude's been um I didn't I hadn't heard of him Before, um, I mean, I knew of Kaprizov because I remember Wild fans going nuts when um, they said he could play this year, I think. I don't remember if he had come over from the KHL, um, but I remember the Wild fans were making making a lot of noise because this guy was going to be good for them, and he was projected to be very good, but Jason Robertson, very much not on my radar, but he has 40 points in 46 games for the Stars. Really been a surprise for me, Um, and looking at what he's done and you know all that it's he has a compelling case for the calder i don't know if um whoever votes on this will is it the right is it like the media that votes on this right
1: yeah i I believe so but mm, i don't know if like i don't know if they're gonna hype right like yeah
0: i was gonna say he probably doesn't have the hype behind him like i said i didn't really hear of him until this year kapryo kaprizov has been hyped for some time at least in my opinion for what i've seen he's been hyped for some time yeah he has. um so he has i don't know but
1: plus the goals i think it matters yeah to a lot of people and i think that that's totally fair it's but weird not that to take away like, from I've anything I've more that robertson jason has done robertson's though. brother than i have about jason robertson. <laughs> <laughs> just because he's a leafs prospect right
0: mm-hmm. i think yeah that's is it what Nate robertson nick I, nick okay thank you uh but not to take a, anything away from jason robertson at all dude's been incredible um for the stars this year and has definitely been put on my radar now to watch out for um in the future um hopefully the stars can make the playoffs and we'll get to see him in the postseason because that will be fun um like I said lots of new blood would be good for the NHL in terms of like what they can bring to the postseason and he probably has a lot to show but who knows if that'll happen but I I'm really looking forward to watching him in the future because he's really shown a lot to me this year
1: yeah he's gonna be he's gonna be a really good player
0: and we've talked a little bit about say his name Andrew oh my Alex God, I don't have
1: it in front of me anymore
0: Alex <laughs> oh boy Nadelchovich oh boy I'm so sorry Kane's fans I really needed <laughs> here's the thing about names I really needed to be um read to me first like somebody needs to tell it to me first and then I can do it I'm Terrible with you know speaking and letters and I don't know why I have this gig in the first place because I'm probably pronouncing things wrong left and right. But special shout out to him since we mentioned it before. He's played 21 games this year, 934 say percentage. Um, surprised me a bit because like I said, I hadn't really heard of him before. He played I think six career games with the with the Hurricanes uh, in years past. One in 2016, 17. One in 2018, 19. Four in 2019, 20. So he's played a little bit, but not you know, ter- too terribly much, but dude's really been on fire this year, and we'll see what happens with the Hurricanes in the playoffs, but he's definitely somebody I'm keeping my eye on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there there have been some pretty big goalie impacts from rookies this year, which is not uh, too common. It, it seems like yeah. goal- rookie goalies usually come in as backups or don't get to take the reins, but uh, interesting situations like Carolina and Chicago with Kevin Lankinen, where they're just given a lot of racetrack. Um, they they've kind of held their teams in it, and Lankinen has fallen off uh, yeah. towards the end of the season. Like he's really, really struggled lately. Like, you but look I wanted at his to, give him, yeah, I wanted to give him a shout out. Yeah, he's. I wanted to give him a shout out
0: because he was great in the beginning, and he made Chicago better than expected, or at least better than I expected. They're a 500 team now, which is not what I was expecting them to be. I was expecting them to be possibly in the basement of the league. Um, this year. So uh, shout outs to him for making them better. It sucks that his like his season's, you know, taken a bit of a nose dive at the end of the year, but wanted to shout that out. So...
1: Yeah, he's been great.
0: All right. I don't know if you wanted to get into his stats a little bit before we move on, but... Well, not now, now that he's fallen off no. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, very good job, and possible, you know, Chicago could rebound more in the future if, you know, they get better performances from him, but... Coming up after the break, we're going to take a little bit of a hard left. We used to be doing BuzzFeed quizzes, but now I think we're going to do some pop culture stuff. I called it a pop culture roulette in our little segment, in our little document. So I don't... We're going to talk about pop culture stuff. And I'm really excited because I have no idea what Andrew's going to bring to the table. But I have some ideas <laughs> of what I'm going to bring. But we'll get to that right after this. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And the new improved Bilt Bar is even deliciouser. There are 18 amazing flavors of Built Bar including nut and non-nut flavors, with six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, and 12 original flavors, which include raspberry, peanut butter, mint brownie, and toffee almonds. All bars are covered in 100% chocolate and are soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for any health-conscious person, as you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, which makes them a solid choice for the keto diet. Take the flavor profile of cookies and cream, for example, with 17 grams protein, 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, and 4 grams net carbs. Also, for a limited time, you can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So, Andrew, we talked about moving away from the BuzzFeed quiz segment, which was a lot of fun for the first month that we've done this podcast, but we've gotten to know each other a lot um and one of the things we're both really into is pop culture so i don't know if we're going to keep this segment um out of, we don't even really know what the segment is it might morph into something different than just pop culture but i guess we wanted to talk about what we're consuming in pop culture because we're both huge fans of different things movies tv shows video games music um so i guess what are you into right now andrew
1: I mean, I just we just finished watching uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Which I guess mm-hmm. a week ago now, that was decent. Uh, it wasn't Wandavision, that's for sure, but it yeah. was it was good. No uh,
0: WandaVision, no fun, no fun, catchy, you know, opening tunes, villain tunes, which is unfortunate. I knew that was going to happen. It did. And, you know, he's made a fun meme, so I'll, I'll allow it. But you are right in that it wasn't WandaVision and that didn't capture me the same way.
1: Yeah, it was I think it was hurt by having to rewrite the series uh, during the pandemic, because mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen, but originally the plot was like a an engineered virus spreading throughout the world uh, and they were like well we're just gonna not do that and feed into the covid conspiracy theories so they had to kind of rewrite things on the fly mm-hmm. do a bunch of reshoots uh, after uh, they were allowed to get back to work uh when the pandemic calmed down a little bit last summer
0: i do think though that um i did enjoy bucky and sam's yes uh, back and forth that was there was parts I think, of it highlight. that were
1: fantastic
0: yeah oh yeah and i mean the uh there were a bunch of like the Like, the the scenes where the characters just get to, like, sit and talk to each other Mm -hmm. were some of my favorites. Um, All the scenes with
1: Sam's family where they're just, like, hanging out on the boat.
0: Yeah, and then the, you know, first Black Captain America, mm-hmm. um, all the scenes with him. Just when the show slowed down and wasn't, you know, all about the action uh, is when I think I enjoyed it the most, which is, I guess, what these Marvel shows are supposed to be doing, because they're, yeah, they're characters. you know, character character pieces, basically, and I think that it did a good job in terms of that. I don't think it's going to be as memorable as WandaVision, because uh, WandaVision has the songs, and you can't beat those, and I, I love those. It, yeah, I mean, for me, the thing I'll remember most about WandaVision is the songs, because uh, they're so catchy. They but, are fantastic. Not to take away anything from Falcon of the Winter Soldier, though, because while it wasn't maybe as memorable, it still had great moments with the characters. And I very much enjoyed that. And it's setting up for some really interesting stuff in the future, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the other thing we, we recently, uh, not recently, but we got uh, the the new season of The Handmaid's Tale we started watching. Ooh. So, you know, everyone in the house is depressed now because <laughs> it's one of the hardest shows to watch. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's like well-written, well-acted, but man, it, it's tough.
0: Yeah. I mean, speaking of depression, I just finished uh, the video game Near Replicant, which is uh, a, the, a remake or remaster of a game from 2010. That's the prequel to a game called Nier Automata, which I played in like 2018. And it instantly became one of my favorite games of all time because the soundtrack is great. The plot is great. It makes you feel things. It gave me an existential crisis, uh, so it was really fun to you know play this. And I also got an existential crisis, and I am feeling things. Uh, the music <laughs> is great, and yeah, that's um, that's I guess you know what's going on for me. Uh, I am looking forward to uh, starting Shadow and Bone, the Netflix um, series based off of the books Shadow and Bone. I read the duology, the Six of Crows duology, which some of the characters from that appear in Shadow and Bone. I'm very much looking forward to starting that because I was, you know, I wanted to finish the video game the near replicant as fast as possible. Cause you know, I wanted to know things and I wanted to feel sad. And sometimes you just got to feel sad and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, But I'm very much now looking forward to devoting my time to watching that Netflix series, because I've heard good things, um, and I've heard the casting is great, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the Six of Crows characters, which are the people I really like, uh, adapted to TV. And Ben Barnes is in it, and growing up, Ben Barnes was a celebrity crush of mine because of his role in the Narnia films. Uh, So (laughs) very much looking forward to spending some quality time with uh, Ben Barnes and the rest of that cast.
1: And see, I know Ben Barnes from The Punisher, where you wouldn't have a crush on him yeah. anymore because he like I rammed mean, his face through glass a hundred times
0: I think I, I watched a little bit of the Punisher he was also in Westworld which I watched but I don't think through however many seasons there were I think I watched two seasons and he was in maybe the second one um he was also in some uh some other like very bad fantasy movies which I think I watched with my friends uh one time just because just to have fun with it but I've always uh enjoyed watching him and stuff. Um, but I'm looking forward to hearing what all the hype is about because uh from a couple of my friends, they said it's a quite a good adaptation and it's gotten some pretty positive reviews overall. So maybe next week I'll come back with that as the pop culture thing I've taken in and maybe I'll give my official review.
1: Sounds good. Yeah, I don't have anything on like the on the dog. Oh, wait, no, I do. Uh Line of Duty, which is like the only cop show that I actually love. It's a British cop show that's based mm-hmm. on... uh anti-corruption so it's like cops busting other cops and that new season is finished now which means that i can binge it nice because <laughs> i hate i hate waiting uh week after week for for a show that i really want to watch and uh so I- i'm excited to watch that one uh probably start that soon
0: all right sounds good to me and that is all we have for you today on the cross track nhl show as part of the locked on podcast network make sure to follow us on your podcast platform of choice from apple to odyssey to spotify and rate and review us while you're at it You can follow the pod at CrossCheckNHL on Twitter, me at Mary C. Clark on Twitter, and Andrew at Andrew Berkshire on Twitter. We'll be back on Thursday with some more Puck Talk and the rest of our interview with actor and director and hockey fan, Jay Baruchel. See you next time. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.